0: Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the Body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. My wife and I have been here since the 12th of February. its uh, I think we are running on five weeks close to six before we leave back home to Cape Town. We usually come twice a year, and um, I am sent by my apostolic oversight after they have confirmed that God has called us to Cyprus for a specific mission. My mandate in Cyprus is twofold. Number one, it is to proclaim prophetic and apostolic revelation to the church, to speak into the destiny of the church in Cyprus. And that is why I usually gather together with various pastors from all over Cyprus and pray and wait on the Lord to receive vision for the church, for the church. When I speak about the church, I speak about the body of Christ in Cyprus that is made up of many different nationalities, cultures, languages, and um, denominations. If you've been born again and washed in the blood of Jesus, you are part of that body. Amen? Regardless of which church you attend, and what your personal convictions are. Amen? Amen? And so, and secondly, I encourage the church to devote themselves to prayer. I believe prayer is the foundation upon which the Lord Jesus builds the disciple. And that is why today I'm going to teach on prayer. I'm going to speak about the value of prayer uh, and also the, um, not just the value of prayer, but what is prayer? It's very foundational. I'm sure you've heard teaching on it before. But the Lord has put on my heart during this trip that I need to, wherever they invite me to go, to teach on prayer. Whenever God wants to do something great, He puts a burden on His people to begin to pray. Charles Wellesley said many years ago that it seems that God will do nothing for humanity unless someone asks Him to. God cannot just do what He wants to do in our lives. He cannot force Himself on us or on any nation. He only intervenes when His people asks Him to. Amen? Amen. So the title of my teaching this morning is Prayer, the Disciple's Way of Life. I believe that every disciple of the Lord Jesus ought to have a consistent and an established prayer life. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. Jesus is teaching on prayer and he says the following. But you, when you pray, you, when you pray. He didn't say if you happen to pray once in a while. He took it for granted that every believer, every disciple ought to pray and pray regularly and consistently. When you pray, he said, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in a secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen? That's the Lord Jesus' words. Now, the Lord's instructions concerning prayer are very clear. He expects every disciple to engage God in a lifestyle of prayer. Whether you've been born again a week ago, or whether you have been on the road of faith for 40 years. The Lord expects you and I to build an established, consistent prayer life. Now, He showed us how to do it, and He also promised an open reward for those who obey. Whenever we obey the Lord, there is always a reward. Every promise in the Bible is conditional. Have you noticed that? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now Jesus said, if you pray the way that he taught us to pray, God will reward you openly. The people around you will see that you are a person of prayer. Your life will shine. You will bear much fruit for the glory of God. Not only that, but if you are a person of prayer, people will come to you when they have a problem, when they face a challenge, because they will recognize on you the anointing of the Lord and the wisdom of God to provide for them some form of counseling and solution to the problems. You don't have to go look for people. People will look for you. Because you have engaged God in prayer. You carry the presence of God. And how desperately we need His presence in our lives. Now prayer brings His presence. His tangible presence. We know that God is everywhere. But I'm talking about the tangible presence of the Lord that provides healing for the sick. Solution to the problems we face. Courage when we face the challenges of life. Amen? Now, I know that we cannot possibly cover everything there is to cover, especially on this vast subject of prayer. But what we will do this morning, or I will endeavor to do, is to cover some of the basic and foundational aspects of prayer. In my prayers, I continually seek the Lord and I ask Him for greater revelation and greater understanding, so that when I teach on the subject of prayer, it is so simple. Not only that, but God's people can grasp and receive an impartation in prayer that they will be attracted to pray in a way that it becomes a joyous experience in the walk with God. Prayer should be the most natural thing for the believer. It should not be a burden for us to pray. Amen? Or a duty that we have to perform. Prayer to the believer is like breathing to a living soul. You don't try to breathe, do you? It comes naturally. Prayer is the language of our spirits. As our spirits communicate with our Heavenly Father and with His Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I asked the question what is prayer? Well, prayer is many things, but primarily prayer is fellowship with the Father through His Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not just asking God for things. Many times prayer is simply waiting on God, enjoying His presence as you fellowship with Him. Because prayer is fellowship with the Father and how he loves to fellowship with every single one of his children. The problem, though, is that his children don't have much time to fellowship with him. Because we value and consider other things far more important than to sit at the Lord's feet and listen to his word and communicate in prayer. Now, it is through the vehicle of prayer that we fellowship with the Father. It is through the vehicle of prayer that we offer praise and thanksgiving. It is through prayer that we offer our petitions and our requests. It is through prayer that we intercede for other people. But also through prayer we join forces with God in battling against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. We wrestle. Not against flesh and blood. How do we do that? Only in the field of prayer. Amen? So prayer is also spiritual, um, how can I put it, spiritual battles, um, warfare. That's right, that's the word I was looking for. It is also spiritual warfare, wrestling against these evil forces that oppose the will of God from coming to pass here on earth. That is why Jesus said, when he taught his disciples to pray, he said, this is the way you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed with thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, we, here on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is a means by which We bring the will of God here into our domain. Do you see how important and how valuable prayer is? Now, prayer is also a God-given ministry to every believer. Did you know that prayer is a ministry? Yet many believers sit in church, they wait for God to give them a ministry, and they do not realize that they already have a ministry. Every single one of you is called into the ministry. Into the ministry of prayer. Why do I say that prayer is a ministry? Because through prayer we minister to our Heavenly Father. But through prayer we also minister to the sinner. When we pray for them to come to the knowledge of the truth. Through prayer we minister to one another. We minister to our families. We minister to ourselves when we pray. So prayer is a God-given ministry to each and every disciple. Did you know that? You have a ministry. And let me ask you a question. Why would God give you an additional ministry if you are unfaithful in the ministry of prayer? Would God trust you with additional ministry? If you're not a person who spends time in prayer on a regular basis, why would God entrust you any other ministry? He won't. Because Jesus said, He who is unfaithful in the least will also be unfaithful in that which is much. Amen? And he who is faithful in the least will also be faithful. In that which is much." Amen? God calls His people to pray. So prayer is a calling from God. I hear some believers, well, God hasn't called me, they say. Yes, He has. You just haven't heard the calling. But He has called you. And He has called you in one of the most valuable and important ministries of all the other ministries. Because the ministry of prayer gives birth to every other ministry. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, are you still with me? Yes. So God gave us the ordinance of prayer as a means of communication with him, and when he has given us that he literally given us himself. Amen. That's why I believe that prayer should occupy and receive our highest attention and priority and form an indispensable part of our daily lives. The Apostle Paul said, pray without ceasing. Why? Because prayer sustains our spiritual life and maintains our union with Christ. That's why people who don't pray, they, they become dry they get easily discouraged. They easily fall into temptation because they are spiritually weak. That's why Jesus said, pray so that you may not enter into temptation. If we give easily into temptation, that tells us that we are not a people of consistent prayer. What's the antidote of not giving in to temptation? Pray. When you pray, your spirit man is charged with supernatural strength and you're able to resist the enemy when he comes to tempt you. Amen? Amen? So, Jesus was in constant fellowship with the Father here on earth. He said, I do nothing unless I see my Father do it. I do not speak my own words unless I hear my Father speak. Well, how did he see and how did he hear his heavenly Father? He saw him in prayer. While he fellowshiped with his Father, he saw and understood God's purpose, God's plan, God's will, and he went and did exactly that. That is why Jesus often, the Bible says, a great while before day, he went out into a deserted place and there he prayed and every time he went out and he prayed and he fellowshiped with his father he came out in the power of the spirit and you saw the sick being healed the leprous being cleansed the hungry being fed and everybody's needs were met Amen How was he able to do that? As he communed and fellowship with his heaven. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more do you and I need it? But that is why the disciples never asked him how to raise the dead. They've never asked him how to heal the sick. But they did ask him, teach us how to pray. Why? Because they realized that the secret to his successful ministry was his prayer life. You tell me how much you pray and I will tell you whether you're successful in the mission that God has called you to do. I believe that every Christian endeavor that fails, we fail in the place of prayer. Amen. Now, let me give you some of the benefits of prayer. We cannot cover all of the benefits, but I'm going to give you some of the most important benefits of a person who prays and prays regularly. Prayer, I believe, will prepare us for what God has prepared for us. Prayer is always preparatory. Before God sends you somewhere, He always... He puts a burden on your heart to pray for where you're going. He doesn't just drop you into something. He doesn't just drop you into an environment. I remember years ago when in the will and in the plan of God He intended for us to immigrate to another country. He had me pray three years before the actual move. Why? So that my heart was made ready. My mind was made ready. My attitude together with my wife and my family were prepared for what God had prepared for us. I don't know about you, but in my own journey of faith, it seems that God shows me ahead of time where I'm going and then He starts putting a burden on my heart to pray for where I'm headed. Why? Because prayer prepares us for what God had prepared for us. That's how God leads us. He doesn't just drop us into situations that we are unable to cope with. Amen. That's why we should never make decisions, especially decisions that have huge impact on our families, unless we first prayed. Amen. Amen. And I know Christians made foolish decisions. And they took their families into places where they were not ready. And as a result, they brought great heartache and pain to the entire family. Because they have not prayed first. Prayer will deliver us from limitations and mental restrictions Which have kept us in prisons of weakness. There are no limits with God. Limit is always with us. Jesus said, All things are possible to him who believes. But very often, our way of thinking and our mindset puts us into prisons of weakness and limitations, prisons of fear prisons of worry, prisons of stress, prisons of anxiety, prisons of uncertainty, prisons of insecurity. Nothing else will do but prayer. You can come and ask people to lay hands on you and pray for you. And if you've been in the, in the faith for any length of time, God expects you to use your faith. Nothing will take place unless you decide to pray. James says, is anyone sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Is anyone suffering? What must he do? Let him pray. Amen? As in say, call somebody else to pray for you. God expects each one of us to do our own praying and our own believing. But prayer, consistent prayer, will set you free from the limitations and the mental restrictions that have kept us bound and limited and unproductive. Prayer will free us from fear and also from prejudice. A lot of us are very prejudiced. Prejudice against nations, nationalities. Prejudice against color. Amen. Prayer alone will set us free and deliver us from all of these things. And also, prayer will empower us and enable us to walk in the freedom and in the liberty of the Spirit that Christ has come to give us. These things don't just happen. They don't fall on us like ripe cherries off of a tree. You have to exercise your faith. And one of the places that we exercise faith is in the place of prayer. Amen? Now, prayer will take us into places that nothing else will. It will open doors of utterance for us. It will create platforms for us so that we can stand on. Prayer will do that for you. Amen. And give us entrance into families, communities, and even nations. Do you know that through my prayer life, I visit people all over the world. I get into their homes. And I pray for them. And I bless them. Can you imagine imagine the power that the Lord has placed into the hands of His church? Oh, that God would open our spiritual eyes and our minds to see and understand what we already have. What God has already given us and start using it and exercising all of these privileges that God has given us. I can go into nations with my prayer life. I can visit communities with my prayer life. And I have done that many times. And as a result of visiting those communities through my prayer life, I was sent to them by God to bless them and to meet them face to face and minister to them. Many years ago before I was called into the ministry, God burdened my heart with the Greek people of my town, my community, in Zimbabwe and all over the world. So I started praying for the Greeks all over the world. I would fast regularly, I would pray, I would cry out to God for their salvation. It wasn't long before He called me to go into those places that I have already watered with my prayers. I've been to Canada, I've been to the United States, I've been to Australia, I've been to South Africa, Zimbabwe all over where there were Greeks gathered I was there preaching to them but before I went there physically I went there spiritually the unlimited power that God has placed into the hands of the disciple that is why I say to you prayer will take us into places that nothing else will Also, prayer will mark the boundaries of your influence. Your influence cannot extend beyond the boundaries of your prayer life. In other words, you have no influence with people you do not pray for. Amen? Amen. Let that sink in. So often we try through reason and argument to convince people instead of just talking to God about them. And when you've prayed enough for them, when you open your mouth, they will listen to what you have to say to them. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Prayer strengthens our inner man. And fuels him with passion. And also imparts to our spirit man what we need for the day. That's why prayer is a daily exercise. As well as give us that which we need, or rather that which others need, so that we can minister to them. Remember, Jesus spoke about a parable of a man who went to his friend at midnight knocking on the door. He said, my friend comes from a long journey and I have nothing to set before him. Give me two loaves or three loaves. So what prayer does, it charges your spirit man with whatever the others need that are within your sphere of influence so that you can minister to them. I recall when I brought a few Greeks to the Lord. I wasn't a pastor then or a minister. I was just a businessman minding my own business but I loved Jesus and I loved my country fellowmen and I shared the gospel with some of them and some of them had accepted the Lord. So I started praying. Lord, I can't take these Greeks into a Pentecostal church. They won't go into any building. Where am I going to take them? And I'm talking to the Lord now in prayer. These people need to be fed. Now they're born again. They need the pure milk of the word so they may grow in their faith. And as I was talking to the Lord, the Lord spoke to me through His Word. He said, You give them to eat. Me? I'm not a pastor, Lord. I haven't been to Bible school. But the Lord wouldn't change His mind. He said, You give them to eat. Okay. So I started praying. What else could I do? As I pray, God would drop His Word into my spirit. I would gather them on a Saturday afternoon and begin to minister and teach and preach. I wasn't a teacher, but the Holy Spirit enabled me to do so. How did that happen? My ministry was birthed through prayer. And my ministry continues to grow and expand through prayer. And it will end through prayer. Amen? I'm just sharing my testimony with you. You see, if you're not diligent in prayer, forget about going any further with the Lord. Just forget it right now. God is not going to take you anyway. And yet He has wonderful plans for your life, but they're not just going to fall on you like ripe cherries off of a tree. You're going to have to exercise your faith in prayer. And you're going to have to seek God and seek Him with all of your heart. And He says when you do that, He will be found of you. And He will bring you back from your captivity. And He will take you into your promised land. Into those wonderful plans that God has for you and for your family. Amen. Prayer will purify your heart. Nothing else will, but prayer will. It will purify your mind, will renew your mind, resulting in you being separated from things that do not enhance the plan of God for your life. God will separate you when you begin to take prayer seriously and diligently pray consistently. You will find yourself separated from things and even people that do not enhance your faith. You won't like to visit with them anymore. Because your spirit man has been charged with the power of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to hang around with people that go nowhere. They're just experimenting life. They're wasting their time. They're not doing anything meaningful or purposeful. You will be joining with people that have a goal, that have a purpose and enhance your own purpose in the Lord. You see, what prayer will do will reposition you and will realign you with God's will and God's purpose. Amen? Sometimes He may even take you from one church and put you into another. Not always, but sometimes. Amen? Because some believers, they continue to sit in the same church. They're not growing, they're dying. But yet they refuse to move. I know. I've been there. Many orthodox believers, friends of mine, they would not disconnect themselves from debt religion. So they stayed, then they died there. That's foolishness. You know there's such a thing as blind allegiance? Hello? Amen. You've got to follow God. you got to follow the Lord wherever He leads you. Even though it's uncomfortable at times. Now prayer will reposition you. The greater our prayer life is, the greater will be our separation from the world and from worldliness. So much worldliness within the church today. So much of the manners and the mannerisms and the ways of the world has sipped into the church, yet it's considered as normal Christianity. People can't discern anymore. You know why that is? Because of prayerlessness. People don't pray. God's people have forgotten how to get hold of God in prayer. And as a result, we are flooded with worldliness. We have lost respect from the world. Amen. Many have lost their good names and their testimonies because of prayerlessness. And I'm talking about ministers of the gospel as well, not just believers. Now, God's plans and purposes for our lives. I want you to hear this very carefully. Because some of you have been sitting in the same place for far too long. You've been going around the same mountain again and again, hoping that something would happen. No, it doesn't happen by you hoping. It happens by you getting hold of God and wrestling in prayer. God's plans and purposes for your life are birthed and released through the womb of prayer and fellowship with the Father. Hear that. Many things which are in the mind and in the plan of God for your life, they continue to remain unborn. You don't even know about them. The Word of God says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the mind of man the very things that God has prepared for you. But God reveals them to us through His Spirit. And prayer will open your spiritual sight. And if your sight is not open, you cannot see And you cannot fathom, and you cannot understand God's purpose and plans because they are hidden in the realm of the Spirit. You cannot see them through your physical senses. So many things remain unborn because you have not sought the Lord in prayer. And I'll prove it to you. Jeremiah tells you that. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, 12, and 13 says, God says, I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Well, that's wonderful, but it's not good for me. God knows the thoughts and I have no idea what He's thinking about me. Amen? I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. They are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I hear people in South Africa so discouraged because of the political, the economical, the the social, the crime. They're so hopeless and discouraged. But no matter where you are, God has a future for you. And our future is not dependent on the country we live in. It is not dependent on the politicians. It is dependent upon Christ and the revelation He gives you for your life. Amen. Amen. So he says, "Uh, my thoughts is not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope. Then, listen to what he says in verse 13. Then you will call upon me. Because I have this wonderful plans for you, to give you a future and a hope, I'm inviting you to come and seek my face, and seek me with all of your heart. And he says, you go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, and then you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. When you find God, you find yourself. I was lost without God. But when I found Him, I found myself. And when I found myself, I found my purpose in life. Amen? So many believers are confused. They don't know who they are. They don't know why they are here. If you don't know those questions, then you need to get to prayer. Because God will show them to you. Amen. But he says, You're going to have to put me first and you're going to have to seek me in prayer and seek me with all of your heart. And when you do, I will be found by you. Glory to God. I mean, it, is this any clearer? The invitation that God is giving us seek me. And when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. And when you find me, you're going to find my plans, my thoughts, my purposes for your life. And you're going to live your life with precision. Not wondering, is this what I'm supposed to do? Is, 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 is that the direction I'm supposed to go? If you don't know, that means you're still in doubt. You're not walking by faith. Amen. God wants to lead and guide you every step of the way so that you live your life with purpose. You live your life with precision. There is fruit. So when you have finished this race, when you have lived your years, you can look back and say, thank God I have finished my course. I have Fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I finished my race. Now I'm ready, Lord. You see, a man who knows his purpose, death cannot touch him. Sickness cannot touch him because he knows. He knows why God called him. He knows the mandate that God has given to him. So death cannot touch him. When Paul finished the work, he says, Now I'm ready. I can go home now. Jeff didn't take him by surprise. He knew his time has come. Jesus, when he stood before the Father in John 17 praying, he said, Father, I finished the work you've given me to do. I'm now ready to go home with you. What a way to to leave this world. No wondering and guessing, well, have I finished? Prayer will give you light and truth and revelation. Therefore, prayer releases the birthing of God's purpose, God's thoughts, and God's plans for our life. Something else. Prayer shapes the future of our walk with the Lord in our divine destiny. If you pray... Your destiny will be shaped by your prayers. My prayer life shaped my future and my destiny. I am a living testimony. I was not a preacher. I was not a prophet. Nor a son of a preacher. Nor a son of a priest. All I knew was how to run a business. Because that's what my dad did, that's what my uncles did, that's what all my relatives did. We left Cyprus, we went to South Africa, and every single one of us that that went to South Africa ended up in owning a store or a supermarket or something. That's all I knew. But prayer changed my destiny. If I had not prayed, especially in the early years of my new birth, I would still be a businessman today and miss the call of God, miss the will of God, miss it all completely and entirely. And one day I would have stood before God and said, well, son, what have you done with your life? Lord?" I built a chain of supermarkets, I made a lot of money, I helped a lot of people, I gave so much away, I built hospitals, I built orphanages, and I've done all these things, and God would say, huh, that's not what I called you to do. I didn't call you to be a businessman, I called you to be a prophet. I called you to be a preacher and a teacher of my word. All that you've done, though good, before me, they have no value and no reward. So I would go into heaven without any reward. Why? Because I missed my calling. I missed my destiny. And there are so many believers today involved in spiritual activity, in doing a whole lot of good things. But... The question I ask, are they doing the God thing? Do you know that what you're doing is what God has called you to do? Or what man has called you to do? Or what man expects of you? Or what your parents expects of you? Or what your pastor expects of you? Prayer will filter and will help you to discern the very will of God for your life. And don't think you're not going to have any resistance. The enemy will oppose you, the enemy will resist you, the enemy will try to distract you with every weapon at his disposal. But if you stay on course, if you stay in prayer, God will help you to stay on course and finish your assignment in this life. I cannot make it any more clear. I am where I am today because of the prayers I prayed yesteryear and many years ago. My prayer shaped my future. My prayer shaped my destiny. That's one of the first things the Lord taught me. No man taught me this. I was only a few days old in the Lord, and I knew I had to seek God. How did I know? By the witness of the Spirit. So I would time myself. Yes, it was legalistic, but man, if you are not a person of prayer, then start as a legalistic way, and then you'll get into the habit. It will become second nature to you. Then I would time, I would say, Lord, this 15 minutes belong to you. I would go exactly what Jesus said do, go into one of the bedrooms in my house, still had more cho- small children, shut the door behind me and pray. 15 minutes is up. Thank you, Lord. After a few months, 15 minutes was not enough. It became half an hour and then an hour. In fact, when my wife saw me frustrated and upset and angry coming home from work, she would say, go upstairs. That's all she would say. Because she knew upstairs is where I met with the Lord. Prayer will change you. Prayer will refine you. Prayer will mold you into the kind of person that God has called you to be. Now, In fact, my prayers guided me to the place where I am today, not just spiritually, but socially, relationally, financially. My marriage survived because I prayed. Thank God. Thank God. There's so much more to share. But I think I have communicated enough to you today to reevaluate your prayer life, to reconsider how you spend your time, and how much time you devote and invest in prayer, in fellowship with God, in meditating the Word. When you pray, you have something to say. Don't come up on the pulpit here and share if you're not a person of prayer. Please, just, just don't do it. Don't do, don't, don't disgrace this. This is a holy platform. No one should stand up here and open his mouth unless he has something to say from the Father. Are you listening to me? God is challenging you today. I sense the Spirit knocking and pricking hearts this morning that have neglected fellowship and prayer, have neglected the seeking of God's face on a regular basis. So what will you do? What will you do with this challenge today? Just another sermon? Next week you want something new? You know, I've been teaching on prayer for the last three months. We do a great disservice as pastors to the people of God when we jump from one subject to the next every week. Repetition is the mother of learning. I've been teaching on it for three months and my people are saying, Pastor, don't stop. Teach us. Every week I I receive testimony how they've been helped, how they've been encouraged, how the prayer life has improved, how they received answers to pray. And the more I teach on it, the more I learn. In closing, I want to to give an altar call. I'm prompted to do that. If you have neglected your prayer life, If prayerlessness has crept into your life unawares, little by... You see, the devil is very subtle. Little by little he works. Never gives up. Until one day you wake up and say, well, when was the last time I really prayed? When I I really cried out to God, really felt the presence of God in prayer. You need to repent. If the Spirit has been pricking you and convicting you, there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. I'm not, God does not condemn you for neglecting your prayer, but He is convicting. And when conviction comes, you're going to have to do something about it. Don't ignore it. Repent. Say, Lord, that's me. I'm the one. Lord, I have neglected my prayer life. I have neglected you. I've neglected meeting with you and talking to you and fellowshipping with you. I have forsaken my first love. I acknowledge my sin. Samuel said to the people of God, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. Not only have we not prayed for ourselves and our families, we haven't prayed for those whom God has called us to pray and to minister to them in prayer. If that's you, I want you to come and stand here and we're all going to pray together. You need to get out of your seat, put your pride in your pocket, and say, Lord, I'm me. I have neglected my prayer life. And this morning, I want to repent and with the help of your spirit I want to make a new start in my life. Don't look at me. Look at him. Do the right thing. And if you don't mean to change please don't come. You heard Pastor Tony say this morning, the Word of God is not just for hearing it, it's for practicing it. Jesus said, when you pray, go into your innermost room and there, shut the door behind you. That's how you start. You don't end there, but you start there. And when you have prayed before you go to work, before you have your breakfast, before you even shower, God doesn't mind you not showering, but praying before you shower. Anyone else? Please, I want you to come forward and make room for some others. Is there anyone here this morning that does not know the Lord Jesus as his personal Savior? I want you to raise your hand. Who's not born again, who has not the witness of the Spirit, that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Every one of you is born again. So I'm speaking to believers. I'm speaking to disciples. Amen? So I want to lead you in prayer. Heavenly Father... I want you to pray that out loud. Raise your hand to the Lord. You're speaking to God now. Forget about those around you. Forget what's going on around you. Just, just it's you and God alone. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I am here this morning because you have convicted me. I am here because I've neglected my prayer life. I am here because I've neglected my prayer life. I acknowledge my prayerlessness. I acknowledge my sin. Father, forgive me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. I, repent of I repent of prayerlessness. I'm asking you, Lord. I'm asking you to cleanse me with the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you for your forgiveness. I receive your cleansing. I receive your forgiveness this morning. In the name of Jesus, and I thank you for it. And now I ask you, Lord, that you would empower me with your grace as I make this quality decision A decision from which there is no return. That I will give myself to prayer. Not as a legalistic way. But Father, led by your Spirit. Empowered by your grace. For I cannot do this on my own strength. So I'm asking you to help me Lord. Help me, Help me in the place of prayer. Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to pray. Guide, me by your Guide me by your Spirit as I decide, as I decide to, follow to follow you in the prayer closet. The prayer I, thank prayer. I thank you for answered prayer. In the name of Jesus. I receive the grace. And I receive, I receive the, grace. the impartation. I receive the impartation in Jesus, name. in Jesus' name, and I thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.